This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is uh, none other than Marcin Klazinski. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Malwarebytes, or co-founder. He founded uh, the company back in 2008, and by 2014, they treated over 250 million computers worldwide. He was named one of Forbes Magazine's 30 Under 30 Rising Stars of Enterprise Technology in 2015. Marcin, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Okay, let's jump right in. Tell us what Malwarebytes does, and how do you make money? What's your business model? How do we make money? That's a good question. So started the company back in 2003 oh now. Uh, we were, I was having an issue with my computer back home. Didn't really know what to do. Started playing around with some stuff online and decided to build this remediation tool, an antivirus back in 2003. Who knew? Uh, by 2008, me and a co-founder launched the first version of the product. The whole idea was really, we're going to clean up your computer for free. It sucks that you got infected. It sucks that you got a virus. And for 40 bucks, uh, you can protect yourself going forward. So that's really what we do. We do that for consumers and we do that for businesses. 40 bucks one time or 40 bucks every year? Yeah, it used to be one time. Turns out if you want to run a, a business, it really needs to be a subscription business and software. That's something that's really changed since, uh, since we actually got started. So it's 40 bucks a year? 40 bucks a year. And if you're a business, it's a little more. Okay, makes good sense there. Um, okay. So you launched it, you said you launched it in 20, oh, 2003, but launched the first product in 2008. What happened in those five years? Uh, college. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, so decided to, to go to the University of Illinois. Uh, actually, right near the end of that, we started building the, the, the freeware software. And it was really just learning over the five years how to program, how to actually remediate the malware. This is not an easy business to start, right? This is threats. These are criminals. This is stuff that's really evolving pretty rapidly. So getting our heads wrapped around that was a good chunk of that time. So uh, pre, all pre-revenue, those five years. All pre-revenue, yeah. In 2008, we took our first dollar, uh, and I think we made a million dollars that year, which was a pretty eye-opening, crazy experience. I was going to say, what did you do in first-year revenue? So a million bucks that year. and what did bucks. That's awesome. That was in 2008. And then what did you do in year two? Do you remember? Yeah, I think we grew that seven times. So okay. just a, a roller coaster of a ride in the first couple of years. And again, we were all consumer in the first, uh, first two, three years. We didn't start building business products until – I'd say 2010, 2011, and now it's half of our revenue. It turns out that if you're a consumer, uh, you have the same problem at work. You go to the IT guy and you go, hey, you got to install Malwarebytes on this thing. Mm -hmm. So can you give us an update? What did you do last year and what are you at now in terms of run rate? Yeah, obviously something sensitive to talk about, but uh, we're in triple digits revenue, uh, which is a phenomenal uh, place to be. We're about 700 employees. You mean, sorry, nine figures? Uh, nine figures, triple, triple hundred figures. Yeah. How's yeah. That? <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. 300 bucks. Last I was going to say 200 bucks last year does not cover payroll. Yeah. Okay. 700 people working for free. Yep. So just to be clear, you know, that that's a hundred million. You, you've passed the hundred million dollar ARR mark. 
We did. We did okay. uh, just last year, actually. And uh, again, it's been a, a roller coaster of a ride. You know, we, we started the company with a different thesis in mind. Although we're in the Bay Area, I'm a good old Chicago and Midwest boy. We uh, we don't start companies that lose money. So we've been profitable pretty much since day one. And that puts you in a really great position to, to raise money because you don't need it. Right. So when you're raising money, you've got the leverage at that point. Um, and we were able to give a little bit to employees as a, as kind of like a, a, a incentive program mid uh, midway through uh, the company's life. So, you know, it's a it's a different kind of uh, company for us. Was that a case of where the round of investors said, "Hey, before we invest, you need to set up a ten percent option equity option pool and an employee option pool," and that's how it got created. Yeah, exactly. So we did not have an option pool until 2013. So five years of hiring people without an option pool in the Bay Area. It was a really interesting experience. Uh, so when 2013 came around and we took money from Highland, um, we set up the option pool, just like you said, 10%. Is that your first round? That was our first round. Yeah, that was the first time. We were bootstrapped till 2013. And What uh, was we, revenue? What'd you go revenue to bootstrapped? Uh, I think it was, uh, uh, 25 around there, 25 million bootstrapped. Yeah. Okay. And then what have you raised to date? Uh, 80 million. So Fidelity came in last January. Um, and as you know, they're kind of growth investors. So they're looking for kind of crossover, uh, round, meaning that, you know, they, they bet on companies that they think can go public or, or are really shaping an industry. And that's really what the thesis they saw in us. And what are you at today in terms of total employees? So 650 actually is what we just cranked over. Okay. And all, all based there in San Fran or no? Oh, no. So we when, when we started the company in Chicago, we just started hiring people from these communities, right? So you, you look at somebody that's already active in a forum, for example, a community of people, and, and you go, hey, let me just pay you for the work you're doing. And they go, well, okay, you know, that sounds good. So our first 30 or so employees, including me, were remote. Um, we didn't put an office on the ground here in San Jose until uh, we were about 50 employees. So I'd say a third of the employees are here, a third in Europe, and then a third all over the world, basically. Okay, so San Jose, Europe, and then a third remote kind of all over. Yeah. Very cool. So 650 total. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And then what do you have today in terms of total customers that are paying you? Yeah, so we've got about uh, 3 million paying consumer subscribers okay. uh, and about 50,000 businesses. Now, businesses is such a loose term, right? We're talking about that one person dentist office all the way to the, the Fortune 500, uh, Fortune 100 in the, in the world. So we go after the SMB in the mid market. We're not closing a lot of big deals. I like to, I want to be the Zendesk or the Slack of security where we're going after customers. They love to buy online directly. We try to upsell them into bigger accounts basically. Yep. And no touch because the price point's too low. It's too low on the uh, on the uh, uh, on that entry point that that landing part. We have a bit, pretty big sales team, about seventy to eighty people, and their job is to really take that you know Coca Cola account that bought a small little uh, uh, department, bought some some licenses, and really grow that account into uh, into all of Coca Cola. And they're not a customer; we're coming after them. Awesome! I love that. I love the aggressiveness. And and break down the revenue for me today. So in twenty seventeen, what percent of revenue will come through consumers versus businesses? Yeah, it's 50-50, and I, I attribute that to the consumerization of IT. So somebody like you would use the product at home. You'd love it. It, it would save your bacon uh, for the most part. We've had people say basically, hey, my PhD thesis was encrypted by ransomware. You saved my ass, and mm -hmm. that's awesome to hear. They go to work. They have the same problem, and really that's when IT and security get involved. Half the time when we when we actually expand into an account, they're using the consumer product at work. Yep. And, and okay, so I have a question about that in terms of credit cards and which credit card gets on file and how you switch from their own credit card to the business credit card. Uh, but before I do that, so if you have 3 million people at 40 bucks a year, I mean, that's 120 annually right there. And you said that's 50% of your business, which would put you at 240. I think that's a little bigger than what you are. Where's my math yeah. wrong? 
couple of caveats. So we have a lot of subscriptions off of like Black Friday for 12 bucks a year, right? I and see. you look at exactly. And we actually um this is something really cool. So about halfway through the company's life, we transitioned to from perpetual to subscription. So we sold the product for $25 lifetime, and then we sold it for $25 a year, and now we're selling it for $40 a year. But every time we've made that switch, we grandfathered the, the cohort in. I see. So one of one of our values is DFTC. Don't blank the customer. I don't know if we can swear on your don't show. Don't fuck the customer. <laughs> That's the one. So if you ask anybody in the company right behind me, what's DFTC stand for? They'll say, don't fuck this customer, and they'll yell it. So <laughs> The idea was like, we're not going to screw people that we said, you get a lifetime license. Lifetime means life, lifetime, right? Or, or the people that we said $25 a year, they're grandfathered in for $25 a year. If you have one of those licenses, you're the cool kid on the block. Yep. No, it makes good sense. So let me ask you a different question. Do you think you'll break 120 or 130 million bucks in ARR this year? Oh, I, we're right around there and breaking it right now. You so, got, yeah. I was going to say, you got 60 more days. So fair to say you'll break <laughs> 130, right? Well, no, no, no. We, we changed our quarter end to January, so I've got 90 more days. you got 90 <laughs> days. And is it 120 or 130 you think you'll break? Uh, I think this year we'll go north of 130. 130, good. And then just to break that down again, you think about 60, 70 million of that is consumer and the rest is business. Yep, Which one's much. Which one's growing faster? Uh, the consumer, surprisingly, has just taken off like a rocket ship. I think we really hit our stride on that. Is that because of I've Putin? <laughs> I'm not touching that one. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, I, I had Stu from no before on and some others in oh, your space and they yeah. have all credited. Like, listen, it's a fear sale. The more Equifax has happened, I hate to say it, but the better for you, right? Like it, it, it's important. It's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Stu's a good friend, by the way. He's a great guy. He's running a phenomenal business. Uh, you know, I think he's absolutely right. The Equifax stuff, I, even the stuff in Russia, uh, you know, happening with Russia, just seeing it in the news drives buying cycles and that's unfortunate and fortunate at the same time for for the company it's fortunate for everybody else it's kind of unfortunate crms might be the tool that i fight with the most i just haven't found one that i really liked i don't know if you guys are the same way but they're just so tricky and a while ago i had a guy named john lee on my show he's the ceo of ProsperWorks, and he told me they just passed 40,000 customers and 24 million in annual revenue. So they're doing about $286,000 in revenue per employee. And I said, wow, why is this working? And I said, you know what? I'm going to try it. So I went to prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM, signed up, and it immediately became clear why it worked. Those of you that love growth hacking, you should go to that link just to see how they do the onboarding. That's prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. In short, it's like magic. You know, I'm not the guy that, you know, finishes the sales call and then takes the time to actually put data into the CRM. They have this magical way of just doing it. And it's a beautiful thing. So every morning when I wake up, I just go, okay, what leads are ProsperWorks telling me to reach out to because they're most likely to close? And it works so well. And you guys know I love money and I love only focusing on the leads that are going to close. So I encourage you to try ProsperWorks. They're sponsoring the show. Check them out at prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. Folks, that's again, prosperworks.com forward slash love your CRM. You've got a war chest. Why not go? Why not go convince Stu to sell to you? Oh, Stu's going to do just fine without me. <laughs> <laughs> so to say, he told me, I, th- I forget the numbers, but they're on getlaka.com. I think they just passed 50 or 60 million in ARR. So pretty healthy. Yeah. They're growing quite, quite fast. I actually know, uh, I introduced him to his investors actually. It was, uh, like I said, small world. That's pretty funny. Okay. Tell me some about the economics. Um, I, and you know, I guess it's different for you on consumers and business. Let's just focus on the business side. What's your payback period look like? 
Yeah, uh, with regards to our, so customer acquisition costs has kind of been all over the map. We, we've been investing aggressively into sales and marketing because as you know, law of big numbers, you get to the, you know, to the hundred million mark and B2B and you're going to have a whole different, uh, show than you have today. So the customer stuff is incredibly profitable. The consumer stuff is incredibly profitable. Our payback period is immediate. Yeah. Uh, we, we are profitable on every sale. On the B2B side, it's kind of all over the map from quarter to quarter. So that's really the growth engine. Um, we use the consumer revenue, the, the profits there, and just dump them back into the B2B side because we think that's where um, market trades uh, much more aggressively on B2B revenue. Yep. Um, renewal rates are much higher. We're talking 90% versus 70 on the consumer side. And again, roughly speaking. Okay, so you're so, just to say that differently, you're churning 30% on consumer side and you're only churning 10% in terms of logo or revenue. Uh, and that's just, that's so, so revenue and on the B2B side, that's gross. So if you, uh, with upsell, it's actually greater than a hundred percent. So it's okay, so your negative net, net negative revenue churn. That's right, and and yeah. that's that's a great place to be, right? So that's where why we're really investing in that. We've got. Uh, I just hired a new sales leader. His experience is really this inside sales animal. That's that's what he is, and we we have a lot of inbound leads. Like we have thirty three thousand inbound leads a quarter. How how do you get them? How do you get them? Consumer product. Like at the bottom of the consumer product is like if you're interested in a business license, click here. How and do you get the consumers? Say that again. How, how do, do you, you get? The, the, how do the consumers find you over Stu's company? Yeah. So consumers, we have just this brand, this reputation of it, IT dudes and gals are just recommending malware bytes to remediate uh, machines. So like if you have a if you have a virus right now and you go to Apple, Macs have viruses, despite common uh, common beliefs. If you go to Apple right now and you say, I think I have a virus. The first thing they'll say is go run malware bytes. I'm not even kidding. Go to the Apple store right now. They will tell you to run malware bytes. So that's a lot of the ways we get actual consumers. And then it's cross-platform. So people that have Macs talk about the Windows product, Windows, Mac, Android, and so on. It's, a, it's an entire ecosystem, and it starts with these techies. And that's who we uh, attribute a lot of our success to. Is you mentioned, that- yeah, you, I just want to be clear that you mentioned back in 2003 and your first 30 employees were all these forms. Like you own the community first and then brought in the product. This is what PayPal did with eBay sellers as well. I mean, this is a model that works. Is that what you did? Yeah. Totally. And uh, uh, Crossing the Chasm talks about this pretty extensively. And that's I read it after the fact, which is just really weird reading a book that tells you how to do something after you've already done it. Uh, And it's it's definitely correct. Like we tried we iterated constantly with this community of people until they said the product is good. uh, And then we evolved into more and more, uh, you know, communities. Yep. So, so can, I'm going to try and pin you down on this on the business side. Like, do you get paid back in the first year? Would you say typically or two years or on average? Yeah, I'd say I'd say in the first year we pay back on 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 a, on a typical customer, okay. especially on the uh, on the mid market and below. On the enterprise side, that is still a massive investment for us. That's something that's a two three year payback period. You're for still us. trying to figure that part out. Yeah, what yeah. is the average business contract value? Is it still forty bucks a seat, and then you're just trying to sell bulk seat deals, or what? Yeah, this this will be eye opening for you. So our average, our ASP is about thirty five hundred dollars on the on the B two B side. So again, lots of per small year per year uh, per eighteen months. So our average term is eighteen months, and the ASP is thirty five hundred dollars. So Wait, that's weird. I've never heard that before. Why is your average term eighteen months? We sell a lot of two and three year deals. Oh, I see. Okay, so yes. people, the, your average, average is eighteen. Exactly, exactly. So thirty five hundred dollars is over that 18, uh, 18 month period. So if you back 
back that out at about twenty seven hundred dollars. ARR, annual ACV, basically. Yep. Uh, Cybersecurity now where companies are the only ones I've ever heard come on my show and actually tell me they're selling two and three year contracts. Marketing and sales tech SaaS companies would love to be able to sell two and three year contracts. (laughs) Well, look, it's it's pretty obvious. It's hard to remove the the software because if you've got Symantec or McAfee, which are the incumbents I'm going after, do you know how hard it is to get them off of your computer? Imagine the average consumer fighting to get Symantec and McAfee off and now do that in a thousand computers in the, in the enterprise. It's yep. just hard. Yep. Well, just to be clear there too, on your payback period. So you said your ASP usually is in the 2,400, $3,000 range paybacks around a year, like maybe a little bit bigger on enterprise. So you're spending call it maybe between three and 3,500 bucks ish on CAC, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, all blended. I mean, wh- where we're spending that money is mostly uh, going to events, uh, you know, doing webinars, newsletters and so on. I mean, just the typical activities, Google AdWords. Yep. Um, what did you spend th- last month just on the paid channels? Just in Google, for example, yeah. we, we spent six figures, 300K on Google. Just in one month. Just in one month. But that that includes consumer, right? And that, yeah. that pretty much pays for itself. It's almost dollar for dollar. That's interesting. Do you do that all in-house or have an agency? Uh, good question. We do that now with an agency, with an agency. So we, we, uh, we've, we've churned agencies quite often because they bring new ideas to the table. Something that I actually would recommend is just bringing a new agency in house every, every year or two. Yep. You are, you know, the hundred million, $120 million mark is really what you got to get by to really start looking at an IPO. So I'm going to guess you, you're filing January 1st. Is that right? Oh man, you'd be, you'd be, a, that'd be an aggressive guess. Unfortunately, <laughs> not unfortunately, it, we, we have the luxury of time, which is, uh, what advice have you gotten there? Uh, run. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but seriously, no, no, no. right? You're you're in the stage where you're thinking about this because you have the metrics to support it. So as you consider going public, what are the pros and cons? Yeah, so pr- pros are obviously getting liquid, getting employees, uh, you know, the money they deserve, right? They've put their some of them are, have been here five, six years. They've put their lives into this, and and uh, and and they, you know, we really take care of our employees. Again, uh, that's something that you know when we did the round with uh, Highland, we 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 really took care of them. So I think having liquidity for uh, for the staff, I think brand awareness from an IPO is crazy. I mean, when we raised from Fidelity, that alone drove business I yeah. mean, to the tune of millions of dollars because we were credible at that time. Right. Yep. So having that, uh, on the, on, on, uh, for us would be great on the cons side. You know, it's a lot of time, but a lot of time spent by me, by the CFO. Um, it's one of the things that we need to really get good at is predictability uh, and being able to forecast market conditions. We had two ransomware attacks this year that drove millions of dollars to the top line. Um, and you just can't predict those, right? I can't predict when the next one's going to happen as much as I'd like to, uh, and save our customers from it. But, uh, you know, that's something that's difficult is that predictability, yep. both good and bad. We lose a big deal. And now we're talking to wall street saying we missed, right? So that's, that's a con. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's really the, the summary of it. And it's not that we're not interested. It's that we just need to make sure it's the right time for us. Yep. No, makes good sense. All right, let's wrap up here. Marson with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, uh, uh, you know, I just read, oh God, God. Uh, good, good to great's a good one. I just read another one. I can't remember the name of it, but I'll get back to you on that one. That's good to okay. great's a book. And number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Yeah, Elon Musk. Like, come on. Number four. What's your <laughs> besides your own? What's your favorite online tool? Favorite online tool. Um, I I use Trello quite aggressively. All right. Number four. How many hours of sleep do you get every night? 
you know, eight, I, I, it's BS that people need three, four hours of sleep. I need a solid eight. And I just actually tweeted about, uh, Jeff Bezos actually saying he does eight because you know what? It's the most important thing of the day. It is. And what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Uh, single girlfriend, Sing- girlfriend, no kids, right? Yes. <laughs> no ring. <laughs> no, no, no kids that you know of, right? No kids that I know of. All right. And how old are you, Marson? I'm 28. Just turned it yesterday. 28. Congratulations. Happy birthday to you. Last question. Take us back eight years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Oh man. Uh, that is a tough question. You know, one of the things that I, I, so when I hired my CFO, he told me his old CEO used to say, um, uh, Divorce, marry the believers, divorce the naysayers, divorce the naysayers, marry the believers. So basically get the people that are just constantly negative in your life off the boat. And looking back, I've had at least three or four people in the company, not executives, just people in the company that were so toxic because everything was, that's too hard. That's not possible. We can't do that. We're never going to get there. And yeah, we need some realism in life, but that is not an attitude. Like we can get there, but these are the risks. That's a way different approach. And that's what I believe in. Get the naysayers away. There you guys have it from Marson again, founded his company back in 2003, officially launched in 2008. Now they've uh, got over 650 people. A lot of them actually remote, but based also in San Jose and Europe, really helping defend malware, right? Across all kinds of people, 3,000, over 3 million consumers, over 50,000 businesses. They've raised 80 million bucks. We'll pass 130 million bucks in ARR in the next few months. Super healthy economics. We'll see if they end up going public here soon. Marcin, thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you. Appreciate it.